journalist and host of the podcast, We Gotta Talk, Sunny Abada. I found her on Instagram. She's a mom of three. She's building her brand, balancing all of the things. She's in crazy shape. I want to talk about fitness and whether she lives a balanced lifestyle, how she makes it a priority as a mompreneur of three. Here's my episode with Sunny Abada. I realize you're a mom of three. You've launched your own brand. You have a show. And I saw you talking about trying to find the balance. It's like working too much or being too much with your kids and not focus on the job. That's exactly what we talk about. Um, You also are in killer shape. I want to talk about fitness and how you make that a priority. Um, Uh, But wanted to start. So you're in Orlando. Did you move there for like a TV job or did you grow up there? Yeah. So I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was born, raised, went to school there. I went to Carnegie Mellon University and I was working in TV there after graduation. And I ended up here in Orlando for work, but I also met my husband here on like what at the time was a long distance blind date. So I came for work thinking it'd be just for work. And then I stayed because it all worked out with him. So here we are. I had bigger, you know, I love Orlando, but I really thought I would end up in another city, but it's really awesome to raise a family here. So here we are. Yeah. And how long were you on the air there as about seven years here as the, as a news anchor. And then I'm in Pittsburgh about six and a half years. Oh my goodness. I just think about like being a TV anchor and just the structure that comes along with that to what you do now, being able to have your own show in that creative freedom, like how refreshing to just be unleashed. Like, how has that been? It's been so refreshing. It's really (laughs) cool, you know, because we always joke in news, you know, like it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. This isn't a funny or laughing matter, but it's, it's just death and destruction 101 every day. And while that is such an important thing, local journalism is so important. It's really important to have people there who can inform you on that serious stuff. It also, when you're in it every day, it can be hard. So it's nice to be out of that a little bit and be able to focus, not necessarily just on topics away from that. Cause we still actually do news topics on the podcast in a way that just isn't a constant focus. It's it's basically like you can cover news, but you can, like you say, dive deep your podcast. We got to talk. You can really like get into like vulnerable conversations. Whereas like in the news, like it's like quick hits and here's what's happening. But on the podcast, you can kind of like dive deeper into it, get people's real authentic selves. That's what makes you connect to people, really share their stories in a way that you really couldn't on like news. Absolutely. And I think that we're in a time now that calls for more nuance and calls for more detail and time spent on things. So I feel really lucky that I'm in a position where I can give attention to that. You know, we can seek out experts on some of these more complicated topics and actually give them the time they deserve. Amazing. And you put it out every week. We got to talk. Yeah, it's every week. So we do like um, a live show kind of taping thing on Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at noon Eastern. We bring in our guests. We get, you know, the value of seeing someone face to face virtually is huge. Mm -hmm. So we really lean into the video of it all. And then we rip the audio and it comes out on Thursdays and we add a, you know, a couple of bells and whistles. But I know there's a lot of people who can't sit down at noon, you know, in a week and watch, but that's why we make it easy to access for anyone. But I love the element of, you know, I'm a TV person. I love 
seeing people. I love seeing the expressions when we're talking and all of that. So I, it was really important for us to kind of include the show itself as part of the offer too, which has been so fun. I feel like you were supposed to tell me that because I've had people saying like, can we see the recording? And for me, when I listen to a podcast is either on a run or mm-hmm. when I'm like cleaning my kitchen, I, I don't have the time to sit down and watch it. So I was just assuming that people would just want the audio, but people have been asking for the video. And I was like, oh, like I didn't realize, but you're right. They like to see, you know, they hear your voice, but they want to see you and see our interactions. And I guess I should start. Po- I feel like that was meant to be that you just said it that. Is. Because- yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know what? It makes it all these platforms make it so easy these days. And it's just, you know, if you can do one more thing as a way to connect with people, I think it's really cool. And, you know, uh, it's just it adds another element completely. And speaking of other elements, you have a daughter under your desk right now, which <laughs> I do cannot. <laughs> don't you ever say you're sorry. I cannot relate to that anymore. Um, my son is in and out. And this is, I wanted to talk to you about this, like being a mompreneur, it is what it is. Like our kid, we have a, you have a four-year-old, like it's, it's, and you have three, (laughs) it's, it is what it is. And I had Melissa Bernstein on, uh, Melissa and Doug toys. Mm -hmm. And the reason I had her on, I was like, you had six kids and you built this brand exact. Yes. The brand. And I was like, I'm always like one second, one second. And just kind of like you did mommy loves you so much. I love you so much. Um, okay. I'm just, I'm just working. (laughs) I'm working, but I love you so much. And she's like, don't say, don't say, how did I say it? I, when I, when he left, I was like, I just want to make sure he knows he is so important. Mommy's working, but you're important. She's like, no, you tell them mommy's work is important. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, I don't say that. I try to like, and she's like, no, you tell them what mommy does is just as it's not more important than you, but this is important to mommy. And you let them know that from the beginning. And I was like, just the complete opposite message. Like mommy's just working. You're the most important thing. If he wanted me and he came to the door, I would stop working. And she's like, no. And I was like, Whoa. She's like, my daughters already talk about, I'm going to have a nanny and uh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to study this. And she's like, they're all, she goes, you don't, you want them to do that. Right. So she's like, you need to show them that what you do is important. Yeah, I agree. I never heard that before because I I do think it's so tied up with the mom guilt of it all. Right. Yes. You know, the pressure that you need to enjoy these years, especially she's my third and our last baby to go through all of these like cute little phases. And so sometimes I, I let everything else go because I'm trying to hold on to that. Oh, I, that's a good way to look at it too. It's for you. Like I said, when we first started this, when we jumped on, like I do everything from 10 to one, because after one, a T-Rex is coming in the front door. There's going to be roars. He's going to be on my body and I, nothing else gets done. How is that what you have to do? Schedule everything into certain times, or can they just be on their own for a little bit? I wish they could, you know, they can. And it's weird because it only happens when I don't need them to be independent. (laughs) Of course. When I do, they're like crawling back into my uterus. So (laughs) nine, seven and four now. So I will say that we're getting into a stage where I can sneak away and get a couple of hours of, you know, work and emails sent and all that stuff on the computer. Um, But, you know, uh, now that they're both are all in school, it's helpful too, but it's still like when they're all home, they're still like all over each other, wanting to go outside. This one wants this thing. This one wants the other thing. And I really am working on finding a balance. Like we were just talking about of when do I bend and say, yes, okay, I'll sit with you. I'll play dolls for 20 minutes and then whatever. And then I'm going to go back. Like I still haven't completely figured out 
the best way to balance that because I want to give them that attention that I know they need. And that I know, like we said, is sort of precious in this time Mm -hmm. of life, early years, but I also, you can't disrupt everything. And I think back to my childhood, I have a great relationship with my mom, but she was not sitting down and playing dolls with me. She was like, you have a sister, Go play with your sister. Yes. It's, oh, it's guilt that we put on ourselves yeah. that we, sh- what we should be doing as a mom. It's societal pressure of what you're supposed to be doing as a mom. And it's so hard for me to shut this off. Like my brand is kind of new. I'm the only person, like I'm my assistant. I'm doing every single part of it. I know that I need to get some help, but at this point, that's what it is. Yeah. And again, Melissa Bernstein, she's like, at a certain point you shut it off. You say, nobody talks to me after 3 PM and you lock in with your kids. I can't yeah. do it, Sonny. Like I can't, how do you yeah. shut it off? My brain is always like, I'm sitting with my kids, but I'm not present with my kids at all. I admittedly. I, I have found that like that little, like for me, what works, like I said, is taking little pockets of time away. So I won't shut everything down with work at a certain time because it's so like the emails come in at such random times <laughs> yeah. that I just kind of, but what I will do, like I said, is I will need a break from work. And I will take that time and say, okay, I'm not picking up my phone for the next half hour. This is about going outside with them, shooting hoops with my son or playing dolls or watching my daughter dance. And that's it. And then I go back and then I come back and forth throughout the day. But I've heard so many people have a lot of success with that cutoff time, right? Like don't email me after, don't expect anything, you know, like she's back after 3 PM. So, you know, maybe I'll eventually kind of do that where I can cut it off at a certain point of the day. But right now I'm still, I'm still so wired to be, and I'm sure many women are like productive when I can, that when I have a pocket of time, I'm like, you know, I'm on the computer. Like, uh, oh my right God, I knew it so quick, you know, I and knew so- we were the same. Um, <laughs> I love how like candid you are about like your mental health and you talk about like therapy. Mm-hmm. I recently found therapy. I think it was like 38 when I started therapy for the first time. And I knew I was going for my anxiety because everything, when I became a mom, I saw a blog that you wrote about this too. I don't know if like my anxiety was always kind of like sitting there at the surface and just didn't pop out yet. But when I became a mom, like my first almost had a panic attack on a plane, just worried about all the scenarios of things that could happen. And I was like responsible for this infant. And I started talking to her about that. I admittedly, like I'm on Zoloft for my anxiety. I know it's an antidepressant, but I take it for my anxiety. And when I'm going through this anxiety journey with my therapist, she's like, there's also something else going on here. Like when you talk about your days, she's like, you're hyper vigilant. And I was like, okay. And she's like, something has to be happening all the time. Or you're like, like on edge. And I was like, oh my God, a hundred percent. Like we just went on vacation this weekend. And if we are not being efficient, I can't handle it. And it causes problems with my husband. He's like, it'll be fine. If we're five more minutes, I'm like, no, because if we go this way, it's more efficient. And it's like debilitating. It is debilitating. And here, here's my theory and my take on this. And I'm not saying this is the way to be, but it develops, I think, because especially in the younger years, number one, you said your sense of mortality kicks in. So already you're operating at like a more frenetic level. Cause you're like, Oh God, there's a life here. I made this life. What do I do? Yes. And then I think there's the element too, of, we are the schedule keepers. We are this, we're the, we're the circus ringmasters. Right. And I always say, if it goes off road, this bitch is dealing with it. You know, it's not, you know, I'm yes. like, I'm going to be the one up in the middle exactly. of the night. I'm going to keep it on task. I always, I'm still the friend that when my seven-year-old, she's not even that young anymore, but when she's out with her friends, pastor is asked to do something at like seven 30 at night. And she's in bed usually at eight or eight 30. I'm like, Nope, I don't want to deal with it tomorrow when you're exhausted. And I need to really find the, the flexibility now to be like, 
let them go. Yes. But I know that I pay the price. I know. You know? Yes. So it is. It's that sense of vigilance of schedule keeping of like, I like the puppet master of it all. Like if I don't, I know the world won't fall apart and I do find moments to be flexible, but I just, whew, that's what it is. Hard thing. I can't be flexible. Like I can't be, well, it's like, I, I hear how ridiculous it sounds. I don't know where my husband is, but it's not like he can't be flexible. I can be flexible, but it's like, if I know that there's a more efficient way, like we were on a road trip and he was like, I'm going to stop and get gas. I'm like, you have a half a tank in 30, maybe 20 minutes. Someone's going to have to pee. So when we stop, I'll take them to pee and you can get gas. So things are happening. It's not taking more time. Like, but I, I needed that to happen. And if he stopped to get gas and there was nothing, nobody had to go to the bathroom. I was like, this is, this is a waste of time. Like this is such a waste of time. This is not efficient. And he's like, relax. Like, and he's right. What are we late for? But it was like, I needed us to get home at the best time because everything has to be the most efficient way to do things like leaving at a certain time. Like I'm always like, it's like, I pack up me and two kids and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why does it take so long for you to pack up? Nope. Like one person. And it's natural for you to want to make it easy on yourself, right? You want the deck stacked so that when you get home, it's the easiest play you can make. So I get it. I really do. And I feel like it is a constant, constant battle to let some of that go because as they do get older, we're in control of less naturally anyway. And so it's a real, I think that's another thing that you just made me think it's like, because we're out of control, we're not in control of other things. It's like the things that we can control, we control to like the highest degree. Like I talked to my therapist about the playroom and she's like, all you, she's like, the playroom comes up every time I talk to you. And I'm like, because it's trash and I walk by it and it makes me angry. And she's like, it's a playroom. Like, and I was like, I just feel better when the playroom is in order. And she's like, it's not about the playroom. Like she goes, you're not allowed to clean the playroom. And I was like, oh, what? And she's like, you're not allowed to clean the playroom. She's like, it's my, I'm, I'm telling you as your therapist, you're not cleaning the playroom this week. Um, and I was like, I can't do that. And she's like, I said, when I walk by it, she goes, don't walk by it. She goes, just avoid it. And I was like, I'm going to have a breakdown. I was like, I, okay. So I didn't do it. We, we talked the next week and I was like, I was fine. And she's like, cause it's not the playroom. And I was like, right. She's like, you're just trying to have order and control over something. It's not that the playroom's a mess. It's something that you feel like needs to be a certain way and it doesn't. And it's like a lot of pressure because if it's not that way, like I can't go to bed with dishes in the sink because mm-hmm. in the morning I'm like, like you said, we set ourselves up. That's the first thing I'm going to see. I'm going to be right. in a bad mood. So <laughs> I'm going to set my future self up for success by cleaning the dishes. And I can, she's like, you can't go to bed if there's dishes in the sink. And I was like, no. And she's like, that's irrational. <laughs> but I, there's no better feeling than waking up to like a clean kitchen. Amen. Like, my husband does dishes and I will give him credit. He's a, he's a huge help, but like he does like dad man dishes. dishes. <laughs> so, which means the only thing in the kitchen that's clean are the dishes. The countertops are dirty. The floor oh, yeah. is <laughs> everywhere. He stays right in his lane and yes. does not veer. <laughs> right in his lane. God love him. I I'm out there scrubbing the range. I'm spraying down. Yes. But when I wake up the next day, that sense of Peace, seeing that is worth it. Now, there are other things that I let go of, but I, I pick my spots because there are some things to me that I like to be on top of. And Same. there's a couple, but I'm going to hold on to them because they give me such a sense of happiness. Like, like what? what is like a non-negotiable, like this is happening. Like your therapist, he took away my playroom. Like what would be a thing yeah. that you're like, no. 
Um, any, any cleaning or redding up, red, uh, that's like a Pittsburgh term. I'm sorry. Like clean. It's like kind of a phrase for like mild cleaning up that I do at night. I do. Or like, what would happen? Like, could you go to bed? Would you think about it? <laughs> I would just get annoyed. I, I would, I just wake up and be like, you know, I but it's like not, we're not supposed to feel that like, it shouldn't yeah, be about good. that, but I would not be able to sleep. Yeah. I, uh, that I don't let go of. I don't let go of like outdoor to like a walk outside or a workout. Probably not. I'm not like crazy religious about it, but at least three times a week or four times. And what else? Oh, my, my nighttime routine. I have, I'm such an old person. So this is <laughs> even though this takes up more time every night I do it. I have, I like to like shower at night. Cause I like to go into bed clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my whole skincare routine that I do. It's not super long, but it has to happen. Yep. You know, my little double cleanse, my tone, my retinol. I have a, um, an infrared heating pad that Ooh. has PMF pulsing. I lay up my heating pad at night. I get out my aromatherapy bomb. I smell it a couple times. I have my Kindle nearby, which is like how I read at night. I do my heating pad. I do my aromatherapy. I do my hand cream. We watch TV for a couple minutes <laughs> and then I read myself to sleep. Like I, I lay sideways and I put my Kindle like at an angle so that it matches. And I read until my eyes get tired. And then I just go poop and I push it off the end and fall asleep. It's I like, love you for that. Reason. <laughs> I understand that so much. So one step is missing. So say you're in bed and you're already on your Kindle and you're like my retinol. Yeah. Could, could you go to sleep or I you got to get I keep a spare jar in my, my <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't, you would have to get up. Oh my God. Aaron, it's like it, within reach. I have this I drawer and I go like this and I pull it out and I'm like, all and over then all is well, I can Listen. sleep. I'm the same. And I'm, it's I'm lying down. I need it. And I, that like, I'm never going to be the kind of girl I could be plaster drunk, like on a girl's weekend. And you would still wash my face. Yeah, my drinks, my ranch water this weekend. I and I still need to wash my face. Like it is my whether it's two minutes or twenty minutes. I'm that person in my friend group and with my. I have three sisters, like the four of us. If we're out, I'm drinking bachelorette party. They all just pass out in their makeup. I will take my makeup off. I'm also the oldest. Are you? I'm not. I'm the youngest. Uh, We do have a really flip dynamic. We're only two girls in our family. Okay. I'm usually it's opposite, but I'm like the total like nerd alert of the group. I'm like, or you'll get up and probably get in a run or do something for yourself to like, feel better. Like I'm the only one like a couple in my friend group, like uh, my sisters are like, what are you doing? I'm so glad you said that though. Like three times a week, I was hoping you would say that because maybe I'll show this video, but if I don't, um, you look incredible (laughs) and you don't work out seven days a week. And I'm trying to spread that message of Mm -hmm. that's part of the balance. Like when I worked out seven days a week, you couldn't pay me to take a day off, mostly cardio. I would just be like on the treadmill. I weighed 20 pounds more. And now I work out three, maybe four times a week with an emphasis on lifting. And I eat a ton more than I used to. And I've been able to maintain a 20 pound weight loss through two pregnancies and I'm 40 now. So my message is to the woman that thinks you need to work out seven days a week, living in that constant state of stress of like, looking at menus before you go to restaurants, uh, making sure the hotel has a gym before you go on vacation and living in that stressed out state. If you just move your body a few times a week and you're not stressed about it, you can find your best body. Like I truly believe that, but I'm not a trainer or anything. So is that how you feel as well? Balance. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. 
If you're like me, you know the importance of eating healthy, but you also like to have a cocktail or two. I'm always looking for a way to balance out my cocktails with something more nutritious. I just found Organifi, superfood blends that make it easy to add more variety and nutrition to your day. They're delicious organic powders you can add to water or a plant-based milk. I use almond milk. I love their gold powder. I mix it with hot water and have a cup before I go to bed. Eating healthy and getting your nutrition shouldn't be time-consuming, expensive, or a pain in the ass. Organic vegetables are expensive and not always easy to find, especially if you're traveling. Organifi makes nutrients more convenient and cost-effective. Organifi's green juice helps to release stress, promote relaxation, yes please, support a healthy immune system, quality of sleep, all the things. Get the vitamins and minerals you need on a daily basis for a whole lot cheaper than buying organic veggies. Go to Organifi.com slash squats and margaritas for 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash squats and margaritas for 20% off. Now back to squats and margaritas. You know, I, I will say I have struggled with many things over my life, but I have always had a very healthy relationship with food, with my self image, not because wow. anything's so great, but because I grew up in a family, we're Italian American and we are everything revolved around food in our house, but in a healthy way, it was recipes that were passed down. It was traditions of Sunday dinners every you know weekend with our family. So food to me has always been associated with joy and there has been no shame. And I attribute a lot of that to the culture of my family. And I also had a mom who didn't I didn't ever hear her. We didn't have a scale. I didn't ever hear her talk about her weight. I heard no negative self-talk. I heard no, I heard none of it. So, you know, I would, as I was in high school and growing up, I would start to like talk to friends and they're like, oh, you know, I'm like throwing up my meals. And I was like, that was me. I did that. I was, I was hurting. And I didn't know what groundwork my mom was laying that was working or not working. All I knew is that I felt really grateful to have escaped that. That's not to say I haven't, there haven't been times that I haven't been unhappy with how I look. In fact, the other day, yesterday, I was in the bath after I got back, you know, how you lean forward and everything is just soft. Yes. And <laughs> you I, have three babies. You yeah, have skin. Yeah. There. skin yeah. And like, you know, I'm starting to get like just a little thicker in places. I'm like firmly I only bought a scale after our third baby because she was unexpected. And I was like, Oh God, this feels like whatever. But um, I know now that I'm heavier than I ever really used to be. And it's just kind of where I land. I'm 40. It's not to say I don't have moments where I look back and think, Oh man, I used to be so much more. It used to be so much easier because I do. I'm not like, Oh, I love myself, but I just, I attribute a lot of that to the way that food was presented in our family and the way that self-image was. And I'm, I say to my mom today, I don't even know if you knew what you were doing, but thank you because it's, it is, that is one thing that it feels almost inescapable. And yes. um, yeah. And so as a result, the working out never felt like um, a need. I've yeah. only found exercise. Like I was always an active child with, with activities and like, you know, softball and dance and whatever I liked, mm-hmm. but I really didn't find a sport that I loved and was good at until I was a sophomore. And I started doing long distance running because my friend did. And I, it gave me such mental happiness that I kept yes. that, you know, so yes. that was helpful too, because I found exercise, not as a form of punishment, but it really was joyful for me. It oh took me God. a long time to find it. But when I did, I was like, oh, this is great. So you said, that's exactly my story. Like for so long, I was exercising to like undo food. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's an eating disorder exercise. I mean, I truly had an eating disorder with exercise bulimia, like to the point where I would write down my calories and then go on an elliptical and do the same calorie thing, thinking in my head, because it is a mental illness that that is how it worked. And it doesn't work out. It doesn't work like that, but I dealt with anorexia, bulimia, bulimia for 10 years. And I do not blame my mom. I know that you have to be predisposed. You have to have some kind of predisposition to an eating disorder. I'm also, like I said, the firstborn obsessive perfectionist, but three other girls grew up in that house with my mom, always on diets, always like thinner was just better. I heard all the noise, but so did they. And none of them struggled except me. Crazy. Like Does none of so like, there has to be a genetic component to yeah, it that you I are born with. But all this all the time though with kids and like what they pick up and don't. And I because I, you know, we're raising multiple kids and it's like, what am I gonna do that is gonna impact this one and not that one? Like yeah. it's it's so scary to think about like no matter what you do, there's all there's going to be something that each of my children struggle with that. I maybe thought I was tra- averting or avoiding or helping with and I, it's, they're still going to deal with it. And it's crazy to me to think about that Yeah, because you can be in the same house, have the same yeah. exposures and everybody's so different. It's really like a case of who you are born as the nature of it all versus exactly. your nature. But it's funny, like we both had different upbringings, but it's going to both allow us to raise our kids in a healthy way. Cause you're going to do it how you did it. And right. I'm going to make sure because of what I went through that none of that, that I dealt with happens. So I did have a scale in the house, but we won't now that I dealt with that, like yeah. the thought of having my six-year-old daughter, like deal with any of the things that I dealt with, like it's not happening. And yeah. so I have that experience to make sure that my daughter doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, I run, I, like I mentioned, I, I changed my body by lifting, like lifting changed everything for me and like lifting heavy mm-hmm. and I'll get called out on Instagram. It's like, Oh, you went for a run again. I thought it was about lifting and not cardio, but it's what you just said. I run for that mental. Like when you come back from a run, there's no better feeling than that. You're back to your kids, like ready to go recharge. And I run for like that feeling. I'm not running for weight loss. Like, right. and I used to, and I never got it. That's a whole other, like me running. I was 20 pounds heavier running because I, my body was essentially starving. Like I barely ate. I did cardio seven days a week. And I couldn't lose weight. And a trainer at my gym is like, you're here every day. I see how frustrated you are. You need to eat more. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Like I used to throw up my food and you're telling me that I need to eat more to lose weight. And at that point there was nothing else I had to lose. And I started eating a lot more. I mean, I was eating pretty healthy, but like every couple hours and Mm -hmm. I turned back on my metabolism. My body was basically like, okay, you're eating. We're not starving. We can actually burn again. And ever since then I was 37, like three years ago, when I figured this out, um, I, I eat a ton. I eat what I want now because I have muscle on my body and my metabolism works again. And I wrote a book, not as an, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer, but I have done the research. I've done the work of every diet. Uh, I've tried everything. I've worked out seven days a week. Here is something that worked for me. And I want to share it with the woman who was me on the treadmill, only eating salads, frustrated that they're not losing weight. Like here's a different way. And I, now it's balanced. Like I was sitting there one day and I was like, it used to be all about like restriction and deprivation. And now it's like, my life is like squats and margaritas. And I was like, I went and bought the domain. I got like all the things. And I was like, I drink every day. I have a glass of wine or a cocktail every day. I lift, um, three, four times a week. And I have found my physical ideal that I couldn't find when I was trying so hard. (laughs) 
I need to do, I need to learn more about weight training. That's one thing that only because I, it's like an equipment and sort of an intimidation issue, but I, you're like, I think the second or third person who I've talked directly about this within the past month. And I, I just, I need to look into that. I, oh, I you love- do bar. Cause that's like I did bar. I did bar for a long time. I'm doing like a, re- not regular reformer Pilates now, but like on that big, heavy um, mm-hmm. metal, it's called Hi-Li, H-I-L-I. It's like just a local um, thing here, but you know, it's kind of like the Legree method. It's that big metal and it's hard, but I want to do this is inspiration for me to look into weight training because your tone, like what I I will say, obviously, I I think you, you look absolutely fantastic. Like I said, I'm so glad you said only a few days a week. I don't want you to be like, well, I work out every day. And like, well, that's not the message I'm looking for. (laughs) You were, yeah. Um, what it was is I would, so I was a division one athlete in college. I knew how to lift. I would lift heavy. Obviously you had to for college, but after college, it was like, I equated that with like bulking up and like sport. And I just wanted to tone. So in my Mm -hmm. mind, I just want to tone and not bulk. I'm going to lift like tens. And Mm -hmm. so I would stick to like very low weights, never saw any muscle tone. When I picked up the weights and you do it gradually, you just go like when tens feel comfortable, you go to 12s, then you go to 15 and gradually, like if if it feels comfortable, you're not, your body's not going to react to it. It's already adapted to that. Once you push it a little more with like more reps, or a heavier weight, that's when you start to see muscle tone. And I was so scared to like lift heavy because you picture that big lady, like the bulky, big bodybuilder lady. And I I have trainers on and they're like, your body as a woman is not going to do that naturally. So those women eat three times what you're eating and they train in the gym eight or nine hours a day. Your body is not going to bulk if you lift a few times a week, it's not going to happen. So get that out of your head. And it was so, it's so true. Lifting so much heavier than I was. I have tone, not bulk. And like, if anybody's shy, a woman is shying away from weights, thinking they're going to bulk up. Like I felt the same way. I never saw this tone that I'm trying to achieve with lower weights until I started lifting heavier. And then the other thing is muscle is the most metabolically active tissue. So the more muscle you have on your body, the more you're burning. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm hungry all the time. And I eat all day. I mean, I eat breakfast and then I'm like hungry an hour later. I'm like, I have another breakfast and I weigh 20 pounds less. Like it, it's not what women are taught. Like women are taught calories in versus calories out. And as long as you burn more than you put in and that failed me sunny for 20 years from 16 to 36, I was 20 pounds heavier and frustrated, but now I lift, I listen to my body. I eat when I'm hungry, instead of thinking like, Oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to wait till a meal time. Cause I just ate breakfast, even though I'm hungry, it's not lunchtime yet. And I'll, I'll save my calories. That doesn't work. That intuitive eating of it all is very, to me, it works really, it works really well too. You know, just trusting the cues from my body. The cue, Yes. And there's two cues, like you're hungry and then you're satisfied. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like before I, I don't like to waste anything. I feel like we have a lot in common. Like I don't want to, I'll like eat my son's chicken nuggets. Cause I don't want to throw them away. Um, so I would just finish the plate or you're sitting in front of Netflix with your dinner and you're just mindlessly eating. If you take that second to just check in, it's like, am I satisfied? Not mm-hmm. am I stuffed, but am I satisfied or do I need more? That second is everything. Cause it's like, I actually I'm satisfied. I don't really need another one. Like I don't need a second fish taco. I don't need another piece of pizza. If you do have it, but right. it's not about like finishing everything. Like I say this too, in my book, like I didn't want to throw everything in the trash can. So I would just eat it. It's like, you're using your body as a trash can. It's like, here, just throw it in your body. And if you think about it like that, like save it, take it home. You don't have to like feel like you need to finish a meal, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're satisfied. 
And it sounds very simple, but like you said, it took a really long time for me to figure it out too. But it's like, I just want to spread that message now. Like we're both 40 and in great shape and work out three times a week. It's like the time where we had more time in our twenties and thirties and we didn't have kids and we could have been in the gym. It's like, I I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for you. Like maybe you were in sick shape then, but you definitely are now. Well, I, I would never, I was never like in super, like my arms aren't super, you know, it's like a genetic thing. Like they're not super toned and not super whatever, but I've been a runner forever. And, you know, I, even as a child, I remember, like I said, I'm one of two girls and my sister's naturally like very tiny and tiny boned. She's like my mm-hmm. mom, they're just little people. And I'm more like my dad and he's not a big guy by any means, but lots of muscle. Yeah. And I would have these, I would, I have these muscles in my legs and I would look down and be like, I don't look like the other girls. They would pick me up and they'd be like, Oh, Sonny, you're solid. They used to say you're yeah. solid, solid as Sears. And I would be like, Oh, I remember what it felt like as a kid to be, it felt shameful to me in a weird way. But as I've grown older, I realized that my natural heavier state, but more muscular state has been good for me. It's helped me. I, I run fast. I have great endurance. I mean, we, my husband and I were just looking at our VO2 max the other day and Mm -hmm. you know, I have, I'm proud of what it does. Like those muscles that I used to be kind of like ashamed of. Cause I was never, I mean, I've never been a big person, but I I've always been very like solid of what I have. And I used to feel like so embarrassed as a child about that yes. because people would make comments, but now I'm like, thank God for that. Thank God I have these strong legs that I can run with and I can do whatever. And it's just, you know, it's, it's how we tell ourselves who we are too. Right. Like mm-hmm. I can just to look and say, and I do I slip back into it sometimes, even as adults, I'm like, ah, oh, you just fit into those jeans. So cute. And you're, you're tiny and you're whatever. But I choose to say and said, okay, that's you and your journey. And I'm glad for whoever is happy with their body. But for me, I'm, I'm going to be appreciative of this body that gave me children and that Mm -hmm. carries me places. And you know, it's good. It's all good. Now it's, it's a matter of like choosing how to look at it too. It's crazy though, how early the world tries to make us feel bad for our differences. You know, we're all going to look different. We're all going to react differently to different workouts or different things we eat, but I, I just so bad. Don't want that for my kids, I you know, it. I'm really, yeah. So yeah, I, I, and Sunny, we didn't grow up with social media because we're the same age. Like we, they will have social media the entire, like, I remember my niece, she's like, you didn't have Facebook when you're in college. I was like, no, <laughs> like there wasn't, but now it's like everywhere. And you get these images of right. what it's supposed to be like these famous girls that look super skinny. And it's like a 13 year old girl is looking at that. Like that's what I'm supposed to be. And I'll tell you, I wrote this in my book. I sat behind a celebrity on a plane Mm. and I watched her before she posted this picture of her in a bathing suit. She had this app and she was like, would blow it up a little bit. And she would take her leg. I swear to God, take a little off her thigh, a little off her arm. And I'm like, (gasps) just like sitting here, like she's going to post it. She posted it and got all these likes, obviously like thousands of likes. All I'm thinking is like, somebody is like, God, look at her. I got to work a little bit harder. That's not what she looks like. Like you were looking at who was it? She wasn't a huge celebrity. She was on a reality show. I'll say that. Mm. Um, and she put something out there that it wasn't, it was a cooking show. That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't want to like, but it's it's, because I'm sure she's not the only one, but now like my daughter is going to be looking at that, like thinking, I know I got to strive. Look at her. She's got her body to this place. No, she hasn't. It's not even real. You're looking at filters and 
I hate that. Like, I hate that my daughter's going to have to grow up with that because all the mess and eating disorders that I dealt with without social media. I mean, like we had magazines at like checkout. You'd be like, oh, like look at that thin model. Yeah, but like we like the waif era. I mean, which that was like Kate Moss. We were whatever Kate Moss. I remember even as like a a sophomore being like, damn, that girl's little. And I was like a hundred pounds. Like it's just it's Don't you like, think it's changing though? The aesthetic, like I feel like strong is now in big do. butts. Like yep. I try so hard to like grow my butt and like squat and have like a round, mm-hmm. strong, like big butt. And mm-hmm. if you would have told me that when I was like 16, 18, that I would want a big butt when like I'd stand in the mirror and be like, oh, I just wanted to get rid of my butt and be straight up and down and right. your aesthetic and like your ideal changes. It just and, goes to show you though how powerful it can be if you change your mindset because all yes. that was was a shift in the collective mindset. So if you can be strong enough to remember who you are and what you want and block that out, you can still do that. And like that's the thing too. We talk a lot. Um, I've talked. I actually interviewed these really really great girls. You should have them on their show. They're um, <laughs> let's follow up. <laughs> um, Beauty redefined is their um, Instagram account and. Lindsay and Lexi Kite, I believe are their names. And so their whole, um, their PhDs and they've done a ton of research on the issues of body image and messaging we get from media and how to not only change our own reaction to what we're seeing on social media, but also how to influence the system where people aren't banking on just that as being there, you know, it's, it's, awesome. your, your, it's called more than a body is what it is, is the name of the book. So it's that whole concept, how we are whole people, regardless of how we show up and what you think about me. I, I it's, it's, I'm more than that. Right. Yeah. So I, I really like, you know, social media is not going to go away. So my whole thing with this is accepting and explaining to my girls when they're old enough this is not real, but also because it's not going away, trying to teach them inside how to react because they're going to be triggered for the rest of their lives. Even, even as an adult, don't you look at people and you're like, damn, you know, why? Yeah, of course, but and it's you know, now the fit went like the, right. the muscular, right. it used to be what I looked at, but I mean, this could be a whole another podcast, but like, I, I realized I never went to treatment for my eating disorder and I've been criticized for my language, um, about, I have a fat phobia still. And I, uh, still talk about striving to meet a physical ideal. And I, I'm sure that I have a lot of work to do mentally. Like I do not abuse my body anymore, but I found my physical ideal by taking care of my body. And like, that's my message. Like I feel happiest admittedly in my best body. And I, it shouldn't be that I should be happy at any size is what I'm told often. But for me, I feel like I'm a better mom. I'm a better spouse. I feel happy when I'm happy in my body and I have achieved where I want to be in my body by taking care of my body. Like you said, listening to my hunger cues, working, not over exercising, not restricting. Then I found the physical ideal, but it's supposed to not be about a physical ideal. And I am going to need to work on that always going to be people who think you're not doing life right. That <laughs> It's true. Like I get the same, stuff. like, you know, you're so, yeah, I'll post something political and be like, ah, you're raging liberal or you're crazy conservative. And I'm like, I'm, I'm actually neither of the above, but it show, goes to show that, yeah. you know, you're hitting right notes. So I think there's always going to be people critical of that, but you know, I think it's important to respect that it's okay for you to enjoy liking your body when it's well taken care of. Right. And it's, that's okay. Like, you know, it, that positive messaging can go in another direction where it's like, 
you have to look a certain way for me to believe that you're a real woman. I don't believe you. You probably starve yourself. You probably, well, yeah. you know, it's, there's no right way to do it. If you're happy, if you're treating your body, well, mm-hmm. you're kind to yourself and you're kind to those around you. That's all that matters. And yeah. yes, I am personally so grateful that like different body shapes are popping up because it's retraining us too, to understand yeah. that there are so many ways to be beautiful. My daughter said to me the other day, wait, you can still, she's starting to do dance and, you know, they're, they're from whatever age through high school, little kids through high school. So she's seeing all types of different bodies and motion all the time. She's like, you can be strong, like really strong and really beautiful. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. you can. And I always say, look, you have mommy's leg muscles and you, you know, and she's into like this whole concept of use her strength and her. And I love it because that's a whole separate thing, like the dance world and the oh, yeah. stuff in a mirror. And I struggle with, I wasn't in that world as a kid. And so this is new for me that she's passionate about this, this art form that to me, it borders on being dangerous. Yeah. Just they because they critique. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure a coach is going to be like, say, make a comment about her weight. Like that happened to me and you it know, could send you. You're looking at a mirror all day and every single person yeah. is different, you know? Yeah. And they're going to develop at different times and they're one's going to, you know, get taller and one's going to get boobs and one's not. And when it's all, it all balances out in the end, but they don't know that it's no. seven, eight, nine, 10, 13. Hard. So I, that's the only thing that I kind of worry about. So we really do try to have conversations here where it's like, yes, you know, I don't bring anything up looks wise, but if something comes up and she's like, oh, I noticed that, you know, what's her name? Lost a tooth today. Or she's a lot taller than I am. Or she, And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like we all grow at different paces and you guys are all like, I say, use that beautiful body God gave you to make you happy. If make dance makes you happy, go do it. So when my son is sitting too much and playing video games and being stationary, rather than be like, dude, it's, un- it's unhealthy. I'm like, go use that beautiful body God gave you to sweat a little bit. You were given these legs, go run a little bit with them. Let's go sweat. Let's, you know, I'm trying to like frame it in that way because I don't ever want them to feel like, oh God, I have to associate activity with punishment. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You get to move your body. You're so lucky that God gave you this strong body. I love that. Yeah. I mean, let's make it, you know, let's make it older. It's crazy. My oldest is six. So I'm just like, and she's so tall. Like I'm five ten. My husband is six, four. Yeah. And she is like every people are like, how old are you? She's like six or what grade kindergarten. And people are like, what? I mean, she's, she has the longest legs. And I just don't, I know it's going to end up being like a thing that she's like head and shoulders above like the boys. Cause I hated that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for that already to be like, she's already noticing like she's way taller than everybody else. And I just don't want her to feel like, I think about like mean girls in middle school. Cause she'll wear like she wears what she feels good in. And Mm -hmm. she, I let her dress herself. Like she'll go to the grocery store, always in a tutu, nothing matches, but she comes down and she feels so confident and happy in it. And I'm like, let's go. But at some point as her mom, I want to protect her. And like, someone's going to come for you and be like, what is that? Like, and make fun of her. And she's, they're going to like dull her light and she's going to have to like conform almost, which I hate. Like, I, I don't want her to have to, but I also want to protect her and don't want kids to make fun of her. If she wears something like that, it's so yeah. hard. Like, I don't, I want her to be who she is, but yeah, you want them to embrace that while they can. It's a really beautiful thing when they're unaware of <laughs> in the world. Right. Yeah. I think great. You know, what a, what a role. I know. I want, I love it. I just wait. It should be like, somebody was like, you should do not wear a tutu to the grocery store. And I'd be like, 
know what? Uh, you wear whatever you want, but I, it's going to be, I, I want to protect her and have her wear something that kids aren't going to yell at her or like make fun of her. But also I want her to express herself. It's such a fine line, like as a mom to yeah. like protect them and like also to encourage yeah. who they are. It's, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I mean, <laughs> I always say, I don't believe in, I mean, I've, I've read plenty of great books, but I'm not like a big believer in parenting manuals or what philosophy do you live by? Kids are so different in the way we are as parents is we're all coming from different spots. So I just really, I just take it day by day and understand that they're all going to be different. And that one will struggle with something, the other won't, and just kind of meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. And my mom always says, you just love them through it, love them through it. And I'm like, okay. I love that. I saw a blog you wrote about like parent, you parent by instinct. It's yeah. just like trust right? that you, you know, what's right for that child. And it doesn't matter what, like you said, like the manual says, it's like, you're the mom. Your instinct will tell you. Absolutely. And, you know, I I understand that people were raised different. Some people might have traumas that don't, that have shut off some of, or or changed the way they react. And I respect that some people really like to, you know, I have friends who swore by books when they were babies about the exact schedule they should have worked for them. And that's great. It didn't work for me. And so it's just like parenting, just like I parent them all a little bit differently because they need me to show up in different ways. I just kind of roll with it. Can you tell I'm very unorganized? <laughs> no, I love, like, so we need to say that that's what I want the show to be. Like somebody else is going to be like, oh my God, I do that too. Or I'm so unorganized or my daughter yeah. wears her tutu to the grocery store. Like just that we need to have these conversations. Yeah. And I would never want anyone to, I think sometimes I felt guilty for being that type of mom. I thought I know. Well, maybe I should have more, maybe I should have a system, but like <laughs> we said earlier, like, yes, maybe it may come across as a little disjointed, but I have things that I'm very strict about. And then everything else, you just have to learn to let it go. Cause there's no way I can take care of myself and all of them and the house and school with being overly controlling with every aspect. So it's like, I pick my spots for real. Somebody's on here, they're building a brand. They have kids, they're feeling the mom guilt. Like, how do you best like strive to find that balance? I know you mentioned you haven't found it yet. Like, how are you working towards finding the balance? I I try to find time for quiet and peace every day. My daughter's (laughs) watching. I try to find like five minutes of silence or get away from the chaos. And I find a lot of, I not only feel more peaceful, but things rise to the surface that are like most important when I, so I would always say, give yourself space. Even if it's literally, I sit in my closet for five minutes. I call it meditation. Is it meditation? <laughs> I don't know. I, I it. lights and I breathe deliberately, yeah. but I would say that find your space, find your breathing room working out or whether it's something with business, if you're feeling called to do something, that's something you're not doing right now, there's always a way to work it in, whether it's, you know, a hobby you start pursuing and then it becomes something more, whether you keep it in that space, because that's the way it best fits into your life. But listen to yourself. We're spending so much time as parents focused outward. I think the advice would be to just focus on peace and quiet and inward, give yourself the freedom. And I think you'll be surprised at what comes to the surface. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.
To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.